How is everyone this morning? Going well? Did everyone enjoy the two days blackout? Yep. I mean, we should get some t-shirts printed up. I survived the Port Lincoln blackout. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, it was good fun. It was like you're camping, really, wasn't it? But No, I mean, there was, there was things that people had to get rid of food and that, so I'm not trying to make light of it, but... Um, yeah, this morning we're just, just going to look at, um, at uh, this uh, a verse, well it's called My Grace is Sufficient for You. And, and, and uh, like a sub thing is being perfected in God's power. So I would... Just want to, um, if you turn, if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or your phones, just go to 2 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 9 to 10. It's up on the screen, um, or verse 10 is anyway, but uh, if you want to turn there, uh, go for it. It says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now this, this is one of those um, Christian... Um, contradictions I suppose to the world and this one is I reckon it's probably the hardest one to actually lay hold of and actually understand and walk in it's the hardest one I reckon you know you've got give and you will receive you've got um, the first will be last you've got all those flip sides where it flips the world's way of thinking on its head and this one I reckon is the hardest one to to understand uh, and to actually uh, see happening in your life, I suppose. And, and, it's, the, and it's the one, it's the, where, where in our weak, when we are weak, he is strong. And in, this, uh, in that verse there where it says, that word where he says, I delight in weaknesses. And you can sort of think, well, Paul, it may, it maybe he's been in jail for a long time. Maybe he was a bit delirious or something, and he's got a bit. Oh, I, I love weak, I love all this stuff that's going wrong in in my world. All this hardship and difficulty, but he he wasn't. He was that word delight in that verse means to be willing, to think good of, to have pleasure in. So Paul is he's willing. To, to have this stuff in his life, he thinks good of it and he has pleasure that he, this stuff in his, his life. Now that, that sounds, it's counter thinking, it's counter our natural thinking, it's counter the world's way of thinking. Um, but he, and he goes on to say, for, Christ, for Christ's sake, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. And I know that if you're a Christian here and you love Jesus today, 
that you want to serve him and you want to see his work done through your life to, to the people around you. But sometimes we don't fully grasp or know what, that, what it entails uh, that, that he would work through us in his power in a perfected way. It says, um, and that, uh, it says that his power is perfected. It goes on later to say his power is perfected in weakness. So as a born-again Christian, we have the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in us, but then there's this perfecting of that power that happens through these, these weaknesses, these difficulties, these trials, these hardships. Somehow they perfect the power of God in our lives and make it complete and fulfilled. And, and the word weakness means, it, that's the only word they f could find in the English language to, to convey what it means. It means to lack strength or being without strength. So you, you, you come more and more to the point where you, you lack trust in yourself and in your own power to do what, what God has called you to do. Here's another translation of this. It, it's a different version. It says, So I take pleasure in being feeble, in unkind words, in needs, in cruel attacks, in troubles, on account of Christ. When I'm feeble, then I'm strong. So this, this verse that we're looking at was... This, uh, as I said, it was spoken by Paul. Paul was a, a man that followed Jesus uh, after Jesus dies and was resurrected, Paul was one of his followers um, not long after that. And he wrote a lot of the um, books in the, in the uh, New Testament. And he had an incredible life, an incredible powerful impact in his life. He saw miracles. He saw signs and wonders. He looked after multiple churches. He had a powerful uh, and far-reaching impact in what he did for Jesus. And if we look at his life experience, in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 28, I think we've got that there. It says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face my daily I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So this is Paul's experience in that, in that incredible working of God's power through his life. He was experiencing these things. And he, he did it for Christ's sake because he loved Jesus and he was willing to go through that to see Christ's power operating more in his life. And he understood it after he'd He'd pleaded with Jesus to take away this thorn that was tormenting him. He, three times he pleaded and Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
And understanding this, this thing can, it really brings, uh, it brings more of a settledness, more of a peace into your heart. Um, it, it just does, if we understand this, how this all works. Because we all have, all of us have this propensity to shy away from anything that is difficult for us or causes us hardship or trial. It's just our natural thing to do. We just, we just want to get away from it. Anything that's difficult or problematic. We try, we try and avoid these things like the plague and, and set up a comfortable place for ourselves, away shielded from these things. But we can't, even if you do try and do that, you can't get away from them anyway. They, they still, they're still there. And as a Christian, they'll come, and as you step out and serve Jesus, they come even more. Um, I know Pastor Rob and Pauline would, would testify to that, that running, they've taken on the concern of One Heart Church, and they, they would testify that it's, it's not all um, lo- lovely-dovely. There's stuff going on there <laughs> that... Uh, that would be causing them to feel weak, to feel weakened. They have issues and stuff that have to be dealt with and stuff behind the scenes that we all don't see. But, but they do it because they love Jesus and, and they're doing it for Jesus' sake. That's why they're willing to, to do it. And because they love us too. And, and so perfected power is power that is fulfilled and complete and has become at its most effective. So when we have these, these stuff in our life, especially when you step out into serving God, if you, if you think, if, you, if we grasp more fully that these weaknesses, these things, this stuff that's happening around me, somehow God is using that to perfect His power in me. Somehow His power is being perfected and developed and made complete as I go through these things. As these, I face these difficulties and trials, his power is getting more and more complete and perfected in me. So it's important that when we step out in service or step out into something, that we uh, hold course and, and just hold true and, and, and just keep going. Because if we keep going... It, his power will get developed and keep developing. But if we, if we step out, if we step back out of it and think it's too, it's too hard, too, too difficult, then it stops his power from being developed and perfected in us. And it says, um, if we go on to 2 Corinthians 13, 3-4, it says, Christ is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him to serve you. And this, there's a key in that verse there where it says, God, yet, by him, yet by God's power we will live with him to serve you. See, the power that Jesus gives is primarily for serving other people. That's the purpose of, of him giving us power.
power. It's to serve other people, to help other people. It's not to um, promote ourselves as in, in the church environment or in the world. It's not, for, it's not primarily for, our, for us personally, but it's to bless people. There is, there's the offshoot of it. There's the there's this, this secondary thing, I suppose, where you, you get strengthened in it and you're more able to deal with things yourself in your own personal life and all that. But primarily, it's for serving others. And while Jesus was on earth, he was destroying the works of the enemy and blessing people with life and forgiving people. He wasn't on a power trip, even though he had the right to, being God himself. So Jesus had his purpose and in life, and we all have our purposes in our lives. And there's things that he's called us, each and every one of us to, to serve in some way. And he's called us to, to walk in those things. Now, we, we don't have to get envious or try and be somebody else than we're not. But just take hold of what he wants for you. Maybe he, I don't know what he wants for you. Only you would know that. If you prayed and asked him, he would, have, he would have said or prompted on your heart to serve in this way or that way or, or some gifting or calling that he's given each of us. Um, but to, to grow and, um, and to operate in the power of God more and more, we have to learn to become content with the things that cause weakness in our life. We'll only serve at our most effective in the complete and fulfilled power of Christ in weakness. Because, um, and to have, to have um, longevity, I suppose, or continue, continuing on in, in your serving, in your role, what God has called you to, um, you need, we need to come to terms with it more and more. And it says, um, I just want to, we're just going to look at a, a story in the Old Testament. Um, because if, if, you don't, if we don't understand, sorry, just for if we don't understand uh, this, this whole thing, then we won't have longevity in ministry because we'll, we'll try and pull out of it, we'll back out. And, and, and get out of that situation. Or if we do, we can be um, all like uh, frustrated, I suppose, and thinking uh, and desiring to have what, what we, we want in our own life, the pleasures and all that, that the comforts and that that we want. We'll be frustrated the whole time we're serving because we don't understand the purpose of, of these things. That, that, that happen. And so if we, if we look, there's a story in the Old Testament about, about this very thing. In 1 Kings 17, 6, 7 to 16, it's the widow at, at Zarephath. A lot of you would probably know the story. Um, it's, this is long before Jesus was born into the world. And it's a life... Um, it's a life it's an event in the life of Elijah and this widow. Uh, and Elijah was a prophet in that time, which is just somebody that delivers the word of God to the community around him. And so 
if we look at that story, it says, we'll read through it, it says, starting at verse 7, Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in my jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make me a small cake of bread. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the oil of jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. That's a great story and, and all these stories are meant to be able to help us and teach us in, in this very day, on this, this very Sunday. And so in this story we see this... Um, this, this uh, widow, Elijah is sent to this widow and God sends Elijah to a single mum in the middle of a drought with, with very little resources. Why would God send, why would God say to Elijah to go to this widow why didn't he say, there's that rich guy up the road, he's, he's all right in this drought because he's stored up all his, his stocks. Go to him, he'll supply you with food. But he says, go to this widow. She's already, got, she's already lacking. She doesn't have the bread and the, and the oil to be able to serve him. But God says, to, he's commanded this widow, this single mum, to supply for Elijah. And so this single mum is in a drought. There's a drought in this land. This, this happens when there's been a, a drought for a long time. It's a serious drought. And she's in lack. And she is finding that her resources are running out. This, she's, she's, at the, she's got her last bit of flour and her last bit of oil. That's all she's got left. They've basically run out. And sometimes we can feel like that, like that woman, where our resources are running low and we feel like we're getting to our last bit of flour, our last bit of oil. And, and we feel that lack in our own lives. And you can think, where am I going to find the strength to continue? Where am I going to find the power to the supply that I need to be able to continue on in life. That's where this widow was at. 
She's collecting sticks for her last meal when Elijah finds her. And Elijah is, is a type of Jesus. And so he goes and asks this woman for a, jar, a little jar of water. And then, and then immediately after that, he says, can I have some bread too? So she's, just as she's going to get this jar of water, he says, oh, and by the way, can you make me a loaf of bread? And, and when, he, when, she, when he says, can you get me a little, a little bit of jar of water, this woman starts to walk a way to do this. She thinks, I haven't got much left, but I can do that little thing. I'll do that little thing and, 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 and it'll be done. And we can think the same thing. We think we're, we're out of resources, out of strength. And maybe someone asks us to, oh, Michael, can you just, would you mind just serving the tea and coffee after the service? I think, yep, yeah, I can do that. And then as I'm going, they say, oh, and by the way, can you lead the team from now on? Can you lead the welcome team from now on? And in me, I think, it was all right, I could handle that little thing. If you want me to do that, that little thing, I can handle that, that's all right. But, but don't ask me to take on something, don't ask me to give my all. Don't ask me to give my life into this thing. Which is what this woman had to do. Elijah was basically saying to her, Give, give, your, give your life in this. Because that's all she had left. She only had a bit of flour and a bit of oil left. She was giving it all in. All, all she had was going to this, this cause. And she had to do it by faith. But she had doubts about it. It says that God commanded her. And, and I think... Well, it says that God commanded her. So why did she have those doubts? But, but we all have those doubts. When God commands us and says, you know, God, God doesn't demand, but he, but he commands. It's up to us whether we accept that and, and walk in it. And, and so he, God had commanded this widow. And so she's thinking about this. And, and in our own lives, God has said, would you serve in this area? Or I want you to take on this, take on board this. I've called you to, to start helping out in this area or do this for that person. And, and we have this um, command, I suppose, in our minds, in our consciousnesses. But we think, no, my Lord, no, I can't serve you. I don't have the resources. I don't have the strength to do it. I, I don't have enough of what it takes to be able to do that. And, in, and there's a, it says in Hebrews 2, 14 to 15, since the children have flesh and blood, he, Jesus, too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So we all have a, a fear of death in the sense, and this held in slavery by their fear of death 
isn't so much a literal thing, as in literally dying when my body dies. It's, it's also a fear of death, a death of my own life, of my dreams, of what I wanted to do, a, fe- a fear of death of, of me, of what I want to achieve in life, about my goals and dreams and what I want. That, that's the fear of death that Jesus is, has destroyed. Um, he's destroyed it. So that fear, this fear that this widow has to give up her all and, and to, and to give, give what she has to serve God, Jesus has destroyed that fear. And, and he's destroyed it for us too. So we don't have to ha- have that fear of, should I step into this? Should I do this thing? Because, because her, think, her thinking, initial thinking was, if I give up this last bit of stuff I have, I'm going to die. It's going to be the finish of me. But we don't have to have that fear because as we go on, we see that God supplies our needs when we give into the, what he wants, uh, wants for our life. So we have to... It's a faith step. It's, it's, um, it's, not a supernatu- it's not a natural walk, but a supernatural one. But we can still talk to God about it, our, express our doubts, our concerns about the situation. He's not going to come down hard on us because that, that's not how he works. And it says, Elijah... So after, this, after Elijah has asked this... Um, Asked this widow to give her, her last bit of bread and, and uh, flour and oil to making him a loaf. You know, it's, it's interesting because he says, give me your last bit and then make something for yourself. But he, if she makes a little loaf, she's only got a handful left. So Elijah's saying, give me that last bit and then make something for yourself. And it's like, but what do I want to have to make something for myself out of? How small do you want this loaf? Do you want a little thing like this? Or? But Elijah's seeing what will happen when she does that. He's seeing, hey, something's going to happen here. If, if by faith you step in, into this, you'll see something happen. So, and, and also the... The, um, yeah, so essentially, for a single mum to give up her last bit of oil is essentially to give up her life in natural, to let go of life and all that she holds dear, because she had her child as well, and he was, he was going to die as well. So, and, and there's also, um, there's also uh, you know, her serving Elijah, it was also something that she had to actively do. She had to go get, collect the sticks. She had to make the fire every day. She had to, I don't know if she had the, the meal already ground, but maybe she had to grind the meal. She had to make the loaf. She had to cook it. She had to um, serve it to Elijah, do this regularly each day. So there was, a, there, was, there was an element of her activity in this. She's putting actions to her faith uh, and stepping into what she's called to do and serving Elijah uh, in, this, in this way essentially serving God in that way. So we don't have to be afraid of losing our life if we give it up to serve God. Even though 
it seems like you will lose your own life and everything you currently hold dear. You won't die, you'll live. You won't lose, you will win. And it's not, it's not about flogging yourself with tons of activity or, or not taking time out to pray or read your word or, or even doing things you enjoy at different times. It's not about that. It's about will, will, will I step by faith into serving God even though I don't feel like I have the, the current capacity or ability to do it. Um, and, and then moving on to not, to not stepping out of it if it gets hard um, because we know what is happening, that Christ's power is being perfected in us. So if, uh, if the music team could come up. Um, so this... So if we continue on with what's, what's happening in this story. She serves Elijah by faith. So she overcomes that barrier and steps out and serves Elijah by faith. And blessing and strength and power are supplied to her as she does that. And you know what, it's, it's, it's still our choice though, what we want to do in that respect. Um, you know, do we, do we want to do it for Christ's sake or, or not, I suppose? That's, that's really the question we all got to ask ourselves. Are we willing to step out by faith? And to do the thing that he's called us to do or to serve in the way that he's called us to serve and by faith believe and know that he will supply the power and the ability to do it and, and he'll, he'll perfect his power in you as you continue on in it and you'll grow in that, grow in that ability day by day if, if we don't give up, if we don't give up in, in doing good. And it's not easy at times. It's, it's very difficult at times. Um, it can be... I'm just reading a book currently by um, um, Gary Wilkerson, who's David Wilkerson's son. M many of you probably wouldn't know, but he he's had an incredible ministry in, uh, in, the, in America to the, um, to the drug addicts and, and whatnot. And he founded um, Teen Challenge, Drug Rehabilitation Centre, and he saw many people come to Jesus. And, and I was re reading this, and it's interesting to see some of the background in his life. He had this struggle that he, he, he always had this struggle of knowing that God loved him. Even in the midst of doing all these incredible things, preaching to leaders and going worldwide and seeing drug addicts pull, given new life and, and, and all these incredible things, he always had this thing he couldn't quite grasp that God loved him and, and he and he had um, new uh, health issues too because he was working so hard at what God had called him to do he had um, stomach ulcers that he had to battle with he, he there was times when he was preaching and he'd just fall down just just collapse and they'd just have to take him to hospital and but he had an incredible impact in in his life and he did it because he loved Jesus 
and he, and he wanted to see, God had called him to that, that particular thing. And he said, I'm going to give, I'll give my all into that. Even if it's going to cost or, or be difficult at times, I'm going to give my all into it. And, you know, we might not be called to such huge things as that, or maybe we are, but we're all called to something. We're all called, you, we can help on, you know, on the kids' church or on the, and this isn't a plug to get people to serve. Nobody has, Pastor Rob and Pauline haven't said, oh, talk about that so people serve more. It's not about that at all. It's just, it's just saying this, you know, maybe I could help on the welcome team or maybe I could help that person, um, my neighbour or some area that God is saying, is saying to you, hey, and you know what it is. We all, you have an inkling or you have something that God has put in you. He doesn't just leave you barren of, of calls and purposes and desires for your life. And, and so this w- widow, she discovers this endless supply of power or strength and the bread would have strengthened her and others in the time of drought. And this world is, is in a time of drought and, until the, Jesus creates a new heaven and a new earth. We're in the time of drought. But we can have the strength that we need in our life and we can be out. She would have had enough to give out to others. We can have the strength and the supply to give out to others around us as well during this time. And what a powerful impact this woman had. Oh, not all she did. What she did was supplied Elijah with this, this food. You, th- you know, it was a hospitality gift more or less. But it was something she did because God called her to it and she, and she served in it. And, you know, there's no record of this woman raising the dead or uh, touching people and them being healed or preaching to multitudes of people this is this is what God called her to do and she faithfully did it and she was supplied with strength and she supplied would have supplied other people around her with strength and power and so why why don't we all stand this morning we're gonna we're going to um we're going to pray for, need, for any needs this morning. Um, yeah, we're just going to pray for needs this morning. I believe in God that works in power. And I've seen him work in power in, in many times in, in response to prayer. Because as we connect with God, he does miraculous things. And this morning, I want to ask you if you would... Um, if you want to respond, if you think, hey, I want, I want to serve God, but I'm, uh, there's this thing in me that has a fear or whatever about it, then, then you're welcome to come forward and we'll pray with you. But I just want to just uh, feel like we just need to open the altar this morning for any needs there is um, in any person, whatever it may be, whatever it is, it doesn't matter at all. If you have a need, we're going to pray with you this morning. Um, Pastor Pauline and uh, Jansen will help. And, um, and we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe for victory in that situation. We're going to believe for um, strengthening for you. And we're going to believe that um, Jesus is going to bring a joy and a peace into your heart and really strengthen you and, um, and uh, deal with the thing, or if not deal with it, give you the power and the ability to walk through and to continue on in what he's called you to do. If you have a calling on your heart 
and you want to step into it, this morning we're going to pray that you'll be empowered to do that. This morning, that you'll be able to step into it and you'll love it. You'll enjoy it. You, you won't lose, you'll win. You won't die, you'll live in it. You, you'll find joy in it. You'll find power in it. You'll find strength in it. And so that's what we're going to do this morning as Beth and the team sing. So you're welcome to come up and uh, we'll pray uh, together this morning. We're a family and we want to pray together and see things um, helped in each of our lives this morning. This home. 